Welcome to Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature radio show. I'm host Carrie Freeman. As a media studies scholar and animal advocate, I co-author some pro-animal media style guidelines with fellow media professor and friend, Dr. Deborah Merskin, which can be found at the website animalsandmedia.org. Today, I want to talk to one of my favorite farmed animal advocates, Jean Bauer, about the coverage of farmed animals and veganism in news and advertising representations and how it could be improved so we human animals show more respect for the non-human animals with whom we share the planet. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Mr. Gene Bauer. After rescuing a sheep, Tilda, off a stockyard dead pile in 1986, he co-founded Farm Sanctuary, and over three decades later, he still serves as the president of Farm Sanctuary, the nation's leading farmed animal protection organization, with shelters in New York and California providing refuge and rescue and adoption for hundreds of farmed animals each year, farm sanctuary shelters enable visitors to connect with farmed animals as emotional, intelligent individuals. Jean believes these animals stand as ambassadors for the billions of factory farm animals who have no voice, and he has dedicated his career to advocating on their behalf. His most important achievement include winning the first-ever cruelty conviction at a U.S. stockyard, and introducing the first U.S. laws to prohibit cool farming confinement methods in the states of Florida, Arizona, and California. His efforts have been covered by top news organizations, and he's traveled the world speaking with and being interviewed by the likes of John Stewart of The Daily Show and Oprah Winfrey. In fact, Oprah recently named Jean one of her super soul 100 givers. Jean has also been hailed by Time Magazine as the conscience of the food movement. He has published two best-selling books, Farm Sanctuary, Changing Hearts and Minds About Animals and Food, and also Living the Farm Sanctuary Life. Jean has a master's degree in agricultural economics from Cornell University and is a faculty member at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg Public Health. He's been vegan since 1985, and to demonstrate the benefits of plant-based eating, recently started competing in marathons and triathlons, including an Ironman. Welcome to In Tune to Nature, Jean. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be with you. At my animalsandmedia.org website of media guidelines, we discuss the importance of language to shaping how people think about fellow animals and their capabilities and importance. Jean, I'm sure since you've been running an animal advocacy organization for three decades, you have thought carefully about how you should describe and talk about them. What kind of words do you use to describe various animals that you feel like is more accurate and, and respectful? Well, I think it's important that we recognize that these are individuals, each who have their own feelings, their own lived experiences. They have complex emotional lives and cognitive lives. And unfortunately, when we mistreat other creatures or, or including other people, uh, there's yeah. a tendency for us to want to denigrate those who we are mistreating. And so I think it's really about treating others with respect and dignity, and that includes non-human animals as well as human animals. Yeah. Like, do you, are you really conscious of gender, you know, with different individuals that are residents at, and friends at your sanctuary, like he or she instead yeah. of it? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, this is the first ever initiative in the United States to outlaw a factory farming confinement system. Uh, we did this in Florida to ban the use of gestation crates, which are used for female breeding pigs. And uh, 
female pronouns were actually included in the legislation, which ended up in the Florida Constitution. So, yes, yes we're very <laughs> um, mindful of that and trying to, you know, get people realizing that these are someone, not something, that um, at Farm Sanctuary, for example, they are our friends, not our food. And it's really about reshaping our relationship to be one of respect and mutuality instead of a relationship based on exploitation and uh, a power dynamic where human beings uh, extract the lives and the, you know, the, the lives of other animals and, and kill them and eat them, which mm. is just brutal and bloody and violent. And it's unfortunately the norm for most people growing up in our country, and it's something we want people to reconsider. And I know a lot of us fall into the trap, and journalists do too, of talking about these animals using the same terms that the industry, the agriculture industry uses. And they, we might say livestock or poultry or seafood or something like that. Do you try to avoid those types of terms? We, we do try, try to avoid those types of terms, but it's pretty difficult because these animals have been somewhat defined by the way we exploit them. You know, cattle, mm-hmm. for example, is a generic term for bovine species. Um, cows are females of a certain age or who have had a baby. Uh, bulls are breeding males. Steers are uh, males who have been neutered, so they're not breeding. Mm-hmm. Um, heifers are young females before they reach a certain age, before they have a baby. So, um, unfortunately, these names have developed which also reflect a relationship based on exploitation. Right. I know it's hard. I mean, sometimes I just try to describe the species like, oh, okay, they're cows, they're pigs, they're ducks, they're geese. Um, and, and then only if I'm talking about poultry, I would make it very clear that I'm saying it's the industry known as the poultry industry or something like that. Um, or I'll say animals from the sea or sea creatures, the animals instead of, you know, seafood or, or things like that. I just try to describe their species because it is hard for us to work around these terms that everyone's so familiar with. Because um, yes. even calling somebody a dairy cow or beef cattle implies that that's all they're for. You know, if you put dairy in front of a cow, that's like, oh, that's her purpose in life. I agree completely that uh, that is not ideal. And uh, I often will try to say, you know, animals exploited in the dairy industry. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, make it clear that that is what is happening here or animals exploited in agriculture, um, you know, as as a general reference point and framing. But uh, we also want to speak in a way that people can understand. So, you know, we use the term cow usually genetic, generically to refer to both male and female True. I do animals, that, yeah. you know, in that industry. So we also try to use terms that are familiar where people can understand them while trying to stretch people's uh, awareness of these animals as living, feeling creatures, not just commodities. Right. I do think the language is so important. At the AnimalMedia.org website, we advocate for fair, respectful, and accurate coverage of fellow animals and the inclusion of their interests in the many stories on issues that affect them, like in the news. 
So human media consumers start to think more about how we affect the many other species with whom we share the planet. And also the news is just so important because it has an agenda setting quality for policymakers as well. Gene, what are some of the things that have frustrated you over the many years that you've been advocating for animals related to how the news media covers farmed animal issues? And we'll get to some good examples later, but I wanted to start with some things that are a little frustrating when you see news coverage of, you know, farmed animal issues? Well, unfortunately, the media tends to um, reflect mainstream behaviors and also supports uh, commercial interests that profit from mainstream behaviors and beliefs. And, And recently, in fact, there have been stories on 60 Minutes, which, you know, people think about as a journalistic uh, program that gets into the nitty-gritty and tells the truth about challenging issues. Yeah. Uh, but they had this vanity piece on Landa Lakes, which is this big dairy co-op, and made it sound like a, a, that it was doing really good things to raise awareness and consciousness in the world about you know progressive values. And mm-hmm. so that's an example of how sometimes the media actually promulgates certain beliefs of, you know, of animals as commodities without really even digging into it. And and the media also tends to be fairly superficial in terms of how it addresses issues. And it speaks in sound bites, so there's not really an opportunity to to have considered discussions. And, and, And so that's really a problem because in that case, you know, you just, people go with their biases and their prejudices and yeah. and their existing beliefs rather than examining them and reflecting and perhaps making more thoughtful and mindful choices. Uh, so, so the media has not really played a great role for the most part in creating discussions that are meaningful, but is really more used to sell products, sadly. <laughs> you know, right. they want to bring eyeballs to advertisers and uh, that is a real problem in our media today. It's not journalism as much as it is marketing. As, it, as much as it is marketing. Yeah, my studies in media do show that there is the bias towards the status quo use of animals, and I don't even think that journalists see it as a bias because it's a bias that's so normal to our society that they don't, you know, they just see it as yeah normal. But I, I noticed it too, and you might notice it because you know there's been so many natural disasters as you know climate change, um, you know, exacerbates all kinds of floods and fires and hurricanes. And so there's been a lot of farms that have been hit by hurricanes and floods. And then there's all these animals who drown, like there could be millions of them. And the way the news just kind of brushes over that, or they talk about the deaths from the hurricane and they don't, you know, they only talk about it in human deaths. They don't really mention the other animals and they seem like they treat it more like it's an economic loss. And there's all these carcasses floating around, like in North Carolina or the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, what, have you noticed those kinds of things? I mean, I feel like we should make a bigger deal of this as a, a tragedy that these animals, they can't rescue them when there's a, um, a natural disaster. Like, they can't get thousands and thousands of animals out of there. Yes, no, absolutely, I have noticed that. And um, instead of talking about the thousands or, in some cases, millions of animals who die in these situations and really reflecting on what that means and what that experience and that suffering was like, 
yeah. there is more of a focus on, well, this is only going to affect the meat market by X percentage, so it's not a real big deal. And not only in the case of disasters do you see the same sort of absence of recognition of individual animals, but also in accidents, for example, with livestock trailers mm-hmm. where animals die and and sometimes they will actually say that there was no loss of life, you know, talking about human life without right. recognizing the animal lives. Or there might be a fire or another, you know, disaster at a factory farm. And thankfully, nobody died, they will, you know, sometimes conclude, without recognizing that there were thousands of animals who died. So, so these animals and their experience and the fact that they are sentient creatures is, is really absent from people's consciousness. And, and that includes the media, because as you say, there are these biases that we grow up with, and they're invisible. We don't even think about them. Right. Right. Well, on the flip side, can you talk about some times where you thought that news coverage was fairer towards farmed animals? And that might be in something that has been a coverage of you and your farm sanctuaries or the work that you do. Well, I think there have been times when the media has exposed factory farming cruelty. Oftentimes, this is a result of an undercover investigation. And so Mm -hmm. it's a news item exposing just how bad things are at factory farms. Um, I think there are also times now where at least there's a recognition that vegans have a legitimate point of view and that we have reasonable arguments to support our position. And um, believe it or not, I was on Tucker Carlson last year. And yeah, a notable started, conservative show. Yeah. Yes, yes. And he started out really combative. But as the discussion continued... You know, he basically agreed with many of the things I was saying. And some of these were basic principles, you know, things like, you know, he asked about, don't we have the right to kill animals? I mean, we can do it, can't we? And I said something like, we have the power to do it, but whether or not we should be killing them is another question. And I I said, with great power comes great responsibility. He basically agreed with those principles. Yeah. But um, it was, so, so there was a discussion there, but it was really, you know, a few minutes. And uh, and then, no doubt, there would be ongoing commercials and advertising for animal products. Right. And, and so, you right. know, the thing is, the media and the messaging is saturated with promotions for consuming animal products. Good and, point. And it's, and it's not, you know, and, and so getting this pro-vegan message out there occurs from time to time, but it needs to occur an awful lot more. And I was going to ask you about vegans in particular. Have you observed any trends in media coverage of vegans and veganism that you find encouraging? Yeah, there was that New York Times uh, piece not too long ago with the headline, Stop Mocking Vegans, talking (laughs) about how vegans have a legitimate point of view. And so there are starting to be some breakthrough moments like that. Um, And hopefully as time goes, there will be more. And I do sense that there is a, a general awareness raising about the problems with factory farming, the cruelty that these animals experience, the environmental harm caused by raising animals for food, which is enormously inefficient. Yes, it is. You know, in the United States, 10 times more land is used for animal agriculture as opposed to plant-based agriculture. We could feed far more people by eating plants instead of exploiting animals for food because... 
you have to grow corn and soy and other crops to feed yeah. animals. So it's very inefficient. So there's awareness about that and also about the human health risks associated with eating animal products the way we do here in the United States. It's been estimated yeah. that we could save 70% on healthcare costs by shifting to a whole foods plant-based diet. So as wow. people, you know, start suffering heart disease or other diet-related problems, uh, many of them are now recognizing that eating plants is a way to improve their health and to feel better and to enjoy their lives. And uh, so there's a lot of issues now that are coming together, animal cruelty, ethics, um, environmental concerns, human health concerns that are nudging people towards plant-based eating. Right, and I think you've just uh, also highlighted a lot of story angles that any journalist listening to this podcast <laughs> could hopefully take advantage of. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just, you know, if you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program, this was recorded in November 2019. I'm host Carrie Freeman, speaking with one of America's most prominent animal rights activists, Jean Bauer, co-founder and president of Farm Sanctuary, a farmed animal rescue and vegan advocacy nonprofit. We're talking about his experience over the decades with media portrayals of farmed animals and suggestions for more respectful and accurate representation. His website is farmsanctuary.org. Um, at the animalsandmedia.org website that I co-author, we also promote pro-animal guidelines for PR and advertising and marketing. So I was going to shift from the journalism conversation over to kind of the marketing conversation. Gina, someone who's been advocating for farmed animals and, and veganism for so long, what are some things you've noticed about animal product like food advertising that you feel is misleading to consumers? Well, I think that people are raised with this myth that eating meat and dairy products is necessary and healthy for us. Um, you know, we grow up believing that, that meat helps to garner strength, you know, and yeah. that you need to drink cow's milk to get calcium so you don't have osteoporosis. Those are right. completely incorrect uh, beliefs, in my opinion. And, you know, in the case of meat, you know, there's this movie that just came out called The Game Changers, where they have elite athletes performing at the highest level with no meat. And, right. and you know, in, including weightlifters, the only U.S. male weightlifter to qualify for the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro in 2016 was a vegan. So they have strength athletes, they have endurance athletes, um, they have professional football players, all talking about the benefits of eating plants. So this idea that you need meat uh, for strength and for athletic performance is just not correct. And the idea that we need to drink cow's milk for calcium is also not correct. In the United right. States, we drink a lot of cows, uh, we drink a lot of cow's milk, and we also get a lot of osteoporosis. So that is clearly not the solution to the problem. Um, and then there's also sort of been this dismissive attitude about other animals. So, um, and, and just this inability to really reflect on who they are. So that's something that Farm Sanctuary tries to do. And, you know, when you talk about marketing and, and reaching people with our message from Farm Sanctuary, you know, one of my general approaches is to try to find common ground and then to build from there. And one thing that most people want to behave in accordance with is this idea of being humane, being compassionate, being kind. And so starting with that, you can then uh, start applying it to how do we treat other animals and, and then ask ourselves, are we treating them in a compassionate way? And, and if not, then what can we do about it? And, and then also I try to look at issues like 
uh, how we're affecting the environment with our food choices. And, and most yeah. people, I think, would rather not support a system that is cutting down the rainforest to, to raise animals for food, would rather not support a system that's polluting the environment, making it impossible for neighbors near factory farms to enjoy their lives, and making mm-hmm. it difficult also for people who work in these factory farms. So if yeah. we encourage people to live in alignment with their own values uh, of compassion, uh, then I think we can make a lot of headway. And, and that's been our messaging, and it, and it tends to resonate. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, too, about the what you see, like when people go to the grocery store and they're going to buy, let's say they're going to buy a package of eggs or some cow's milk um, or some kind of meat, Jimmy Dean meat product or something. What what do you think about some of the pictures of the animals that they use in the marketing or the words they'll use um, that also might be misleading to consumers who, who consumers who want animals to be treated well or don't want to be part of animal cruelty? Yes, well, I mean, animal products are ubiquitous in the marketplace, and it's just sort of normal to pick them up off the shelf without really thinking about how the animals were treated or where these products came from. And the mark, you know, is intended not to expose the reality behind the I've product. never seen some, like, crammed animals behind cages on any kind of labeling. Exactly, no, exactly. any of the products in the supermarket. You know, but, but what is starting to happen now with growing awareness about factory farming and increasing consumer opposition to factory farming, you have labels that are rec- suggesting that these animals are having a good life. You know, right. labels like cage-free or free-roaming sound a lot better than they are. So there are now starting to be representations that are quite exaggerated in terms of the animals being treated well. And so that's something to be mindful of, especially with growing awareness about factory farming. There are now food retailers and marketers who are exploiting that concern and then misleading consumers to believe that animals are being treated better than they are. Definitely. Like if they could have, if we had, if we were able to put more honest labeling on animal products, like they do for cigarettes, you know, like, yeah. uh, what would be something you would want a consumer to know when they're reaching for a packet? Like if there was something that could go on there that helps them understand more about what they're purchasing, you know, I, how I the think, animals are treated. You know, I think I, I would look at it, you know, rather than looking at labels on packages specifically, although that is yeah. an important area, I, I would sort of back, up and look more at the general idea that do we even need to eat animals in the first place, you know, right. and, 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 and ask ourselves if, if we can live well without killing other animals and causing harm, why wouldn't we? And I think most people, so I think the framing yeah. of it broadly about these plant foods can provide you all the nutrients you need. You do not need to eat, you know, meat, dairy, or eggs from animals right. who've been exploited. So I think, um, so that's the broad frame and, you know, kind of challenging the assumption that animal products are necessary for our health and, and having the labeling reflecting that somehow. Uh, and then in terms of animal products, if those are being marketed, you know, I think there does need to be accuracy. And, and one of the things I would say is that, you know, the dairy industry is very influential in Washington, D.C. They're one of the most entrenched interests there. Mm. And this term milk uh, should actually be labeled cow's milk if it comes from a cow. 
Right. And the dairy industry right now is pushing back against soy milk or almond milk or coconut milk or these other plant-based milks, saying that they should not be allowed to use the word milk. And my response to that is that every milk that is being sold should be accurately labeled, including, you know, with a descriptor of where it comes from. Yeah, so, does it come from a goat? Does it come from a cow? Does it come from coconut? Exactly, exactly. So that's, a, you know, an example of a label that I think would be good to update to be more yeah. descriptive. I like it. Well, uh, in closing, what tips do you have for people as consumers and citizens who want to help farmed animals? I think the most important thing each of us can do to help farmed animals is to eat plants instead of animals, to vote with our dollars, and as we do, we start supporting a new food system. And in addition to purchasing products at grocery stores and restaurants, I think it's important whenever possible to go to farmer's markets yeah. to support community-supported agriculture programs and local farmers and get to know them, get more connected to our food, uh, maybe even in some cases grow our own food uh, in, in urban settings or suburban settings or rural settings, wherever people live. So the more connected we are to the source of our food and nourishment, the better. And um, I think we have become very separated. So that, that's allowed a lot of these problems to occur. Yes. Well, Jean, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on In Tune to Nature Radio Free Georgia uh, regarding farmed animal advocacy and how to represent them and their issues fairly, the respect that they deserve. So keep up the important work that you do at Farm Sanctuary. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's always great speaking with you, and, and thank you for your work, and you please keep it up as well. Again, you can find Jean's nonprofit, Farm Sanctuary, online at farmsanctuary.org. And thank you for listening to In Tune to Nature.